It's time to stop going to meetings. We don't mean never go to another meeting, but instead simply choose to have the right conversation with the right people at the right time. It's time to stop the routine. It's time to stop having meetings for the sake of it. It's time to stop wasting time. I'm Helen Chapman. And I'm Amy Webb. The rest is over to you. Let's get going. Amy, you know that that term, and I think it was Stephen Covey that that said it, which is, seek first to understand and then to be understood. I've never heard that. I really like that. Oh, that's something new for me today. Thank ah, you. Well, there you are. <laughs> Um, yeah, so so you know the 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 quest is if if you get off your own agenda mm-hmm. and listen to what other people are trying to explain, if you can understand first and then aim to be understood, it it means that you're being mutual in your you know, your communication and in your dialogue and discussions with people. Yeah. So seek first to be, uh, to understand and then to be understood. Now, wh- where this takes me to, you, you know, you know our uh, kaleidoscope. Yes, I so do. So we have got um, a, a Venn diagram, essentially, mm-hmm. that we lovingly call the TFP meeting kaleidoscope. It's the simplest of ways to look at what is actually going on in a conversation in a meeting at any one time so we know there are three things going on concurrently and there are three circles in our kaleidoscope one circle is about the people yeah and we in our podcast so far have talked a lot about Stop going to meetings and rather concentrate on the people in front of you and understanding them. So the people in meetings are what makes the meeting happen. The next circle is content. So it's what the people are talking about. Yeah. The third circle is process. So how the people are going to use the subject, uh, you know, the the process that they're going to use to get the subject shared and understood. And then all three circles converging in that middle bit in the middle, which is the holiest of all holy (laughs) grails, which is purpose. You know, why are we having this meeting? Why are we having this topic conversation? What's it all about anyway? Mm -hmm. So the meeting, TFP meeting kaleidoscope is those component parts. Now, the seek first to understand and then to be understood can happen at the people level. Yeah. It can be enabled at the process level. Yeah. But what I'd love us to kick around today in this conversation is the idea of content. Okay. And and what is content anyway? <laughs> because I've got an idea that people in a trance-like sort of a way think you know, we've we've got to talk about our year-end results or we've got to talk about the next action plan or we've got to nail the next product innovation or the next um, design process. Yeah. Without really stopping to consider what is it about all of those things that really needs to be shared for conversation. Okay. So people will think, for example... 
um, something about product design. And they'll think, we've got to have a meeting. And they'll pull an agenda together all about product design or the subjects to be discussed without really stopping to consider what is it about this subject that we need people's input on. Right. And what is it about the subject matter that needs the benefit of all the brains in the room to work it out or consider it or explore it together? And so what ends up happening is a list of agenda items. Yeah. With somebody who's going to present this, somebody else who's going to present that, somebody else who's going to present something else. Yeah. And then and then if we're lucky, we'll have a Q&A, a question and answer at the end of a presentation before we move on to the next one. And I feel like I'm, I, I've got a big drum to bang here <laughs> about stop, not just stop just going to meetings, yeah. but stop just getting hold of topics and bashing each other over the head with some information about it. Start considering what are we trying to do with this content? Mm. So let me give you some examples. And, and, okay. and I'm, I'm dead keen to hear sort of what your thoughts are about this. So okay. for example... Typical content of meetings are things like sharing data and facts. Yeah. You know, these are the half year results. These are the quarterly results. Yeah. This is how much we, how much product we sold. This is how much, you know, the increase or decrease in customer satisfaction or what have you. So data and facts. Um, they'll sh share experience, opinions, feedback and insights. But without a real understanding of what the purpose is of actually sharing all of this. There's a book by two Japanese gentlemen, Nonaka and Takeuchi. Okay. And their book is entitled The Knowledge Creating Company. Where knowledge sharing is the key to liberating the potential of, of all. Okay. And they talk about if knowledge, if knowledge or information is shared in a way that is accessible to the brains in the room, yeah. it means that one plus one plus one plus one equals more. So information that I give, information that you share back, information that we get from somebody else, should increase our shared pot of knowledge yeah such that together we have everything we need or, or we know what we're missing and we can go and get it the problem is is that pe people hold knowledge as power yeah and people tend to hold knowledge to themselves so when we see people in meetings presenting something yeah I often observe them presenting it as I am the power owner of this yes data this is my data <laughs> this is my domain mm -hmm. I'm sharing this with you because you you need you need to understand how much I I know yeah 
and um, and I'll get your questions for clarity. But really, you know, I I am the I am the knowledge owner, and it's almost like a, a power thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I just think it's it's such a it's such a shortcoming in in what could be possible. Yeah, because that way of thinking about anything really um, stops actual collaboration if you're perceiving yourself as being like, this is my thing. Yes. And you're getting a look at it <laughs> rather than working with each other. Yes. Um, that's bound to hold back an entire team. If everyone's, especially if everyone's functioning like that with their specific content area. Yes. Um, we, you know, it's like working in silos, which we we talk a lot about. Like, I'm working over here, this is my stuff. You're working over here and this is your stuff. And then every now and then we have a meeting where we get get together and I harp on about my stuff. <laughs> and you harp on about your stuff and then we go back and do our work, um, which seems pointless. And you're bound to end up with someone in that meeting who's like, why am I here? <laughs> um, either I've got nothing to share or no one really wants to hear my questions or um, yes. because it is just about presenting yeah. information. Exactly. And and that all comes back to, and you know how much I harp on about mindset, but it comes back mm. to what I really believe can be achieved with the information that I've got. So to quote Nanaka uh, from, from the Knowledge Creating Company, yeah. he says, and I'm reading this, is knowledge is produced and consumed simultaneously. Its value increases with use rather than being depleted like a commodity. So in other words, if I, it's a bit like in our conversations, whether we're making a podcast or whether we're just talking to yes. each other, Amy, you and I share our knowledge with each other all the time. And, and I always feel like my original knowledge base was increased because yes. of how we can share knowledge with each other. Yeah. So this idea that knowledge, the value of it increases with use rather than is depleted. Yeah. And above all, Nanaka goes on to say, knowledge is a resource that's created by humans acting in relationship with one another. Mm. So in other words, you and I value each other's point of view we share information and knowledge with each other such that the whole is, you know, one plus Benefited. one equals yeah. more. Yeah. And that isn't just about what we know or what we don't know. It's about our relationship and what we care about how the other person might improve Yes. what I know. Yeah. And just, it, it, it strikes me as an, an issue of, Again, security. Um, if you're feeling like you need to prove yourself, then that's really difficult to be in that mindset. If you're feeling like protective over 
what you have because you're not in a safe space to openly share yeah um then that's why these patterns happen um it really again like we've spoken about before requires trust um requires trust that you know the other person in your team has your has your best interests at heart and you have their best interests at heart um and sadly that's not always the case in lots of people's um organizations yeah true and um you know it's it's fascinating really because rather than and again i come back to this i have a belief that people do what they do with good intention yes you know, people are not looking to nobble each other, so to speak. They're not looking to trip each other up. But there, there is a propensity to hold knowledge as power. Yeah. And to demonstrate my ability with my knowledge in a way that I perform my knowledge into the group. Yeah. So in the end, it comes down to an assessment of how well I presented it, yeah. how good my PowerPoint slides looked how compelling I was in the delivery, how I could answer the Q&A. And all of that is about the perceived power of that person. Yes. And value. And, also, and, and, and perceived value of yeah. that person. And then the face that they're, the performance, you know, yeah. back to this thing that we've talked about before with performance, which is very different to that person coming in and thinking, right, I've got a lot of information on this. Mm-hmm. I think I've got it all covered. I think I think I've I've got what we need. You're in good hands. But there's a couple of things here I really could do with some input yes. on. And that is a very different mindset to I've got it nailed, you know, to coming in and saying, "Okay, I might be missing something or I could just do with with you helping me work something yeah. out." Um I had a uh, an interesting conversation oh, about two weeks ago where I was helping a client to design a series of topics in a, a meeting that they were having. Yeah. And the particular knowledge holder um, asked me a really genuine question, which which is, there are people in the team who really don't know anything about this subject and I'm not sure what value they're going to bring to the conversations. Interesting. And I know, and I know that they are really busy. Mm-hmm. And I know that they could probably just do with this time back to go to go and do other stuff that they could be doing. Yeah. And I was really conflicted. Mm. Now I'm going to, in a second, let you know what I said, but I'm just curious. To I feel hear. conflicted as well. Do because, you? Yeah. What does it What does it make you think? Well, firstly, my thoughts are that I think it's absolutely um, appropriate and good uh, to be trying to not overwhelm people's time. And yes. if someone really doesn't need to be in a meeting, don't expect them to be there. Yeah. Um, if their time can be better used elsewhere, if they are going to be sitting in that meeting thinking, why on earth am I here? Um I've I've actually got nothing to contribute or this actually isn't relevant to me. Yeah. Um so I think that's a really really positive thing um to be trying to be respectful of people's working day. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but then my other thought is, what did you say they, how, how did you say they phrased it? They know nothing about this, this subject. subject. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my other thought is that sometimes you need fresh eyes. Um, sometimes you need someone slightly removed from a project to ask the questions that no one else will ask because um, everyone else is just kind of going through the motions and you need someone to go, oh, why are you doing it like that? Um, So actually there is a lot of benefit that can be had from having someone who doesn't know anything about the the content. Um, And also my third thought is that people will surprise you and actually they might know more than you think. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, all of those points that you've covered are exactly where my mind went. Mm. And because this person that I was talking to, you know, he's he's a good guy. Yeah. And he he is thoughtful about his colleagues and his intention was just give them some time yeah. back. He's not trying to exclude people. No, no. No. He wasn't trying to. It was a it was a genuine, you know, care for them as well as his subject matter. Yes. But in the end, you know, we thought about it and he actually fell down on the side of, I'm going to invite them if they want to stay and contribute, mm. so I give them the option really um, to, to contribute with their naive perspective so that they can come and ask the naive question, like you said. Yeah. Or they know that they've got the choice. Yeah. And, and I felt that that was a good compromise. Yeah. I also loved the fact that he'd considered this. He hadn't just rammed you know decided to ram the whole group with his subject Mm -hmm. to expect that everybody you know he had thought about who was there and and how contribution might work which I thought was thoughtful but he tried something different um and the people concerned decided to stay so even though they are really busy they were curious enough about his subject area and they were interested and stayed and so what happened in that context was the whole pot of knowledge, a bit like a good investment plan in the bank, the whole pot of knowledge grew Yes. in terms of breadth of knowledge, but also depth of knowledge. Yeah. And everybody benefited from the naive perspective, which in the end was a fantastic thing. Yeah. You, you're, um, you're talking about the naive perspective is making me think about spending time with my two-year-old son, because there's something about when you... Um, when you're around children and you they ask you a question and you know you're you're like I'm an adult I know things <laughs> and then they ask you a question and you're like um I actually don't don't know like I'll let's look it up or let's learn or let's get a book from a two-year-old and because they have that they have no preconceived ideas about the world they're just looking at something in front of them yeah. and asking that naive question yes. Um, yes. and also when you when they ask you a question and you have to really um you have to be re- very clear in what you're trying to communicate it makes it puts you through thought processes that you've not been through before about your own preconceptions so distilling something down to be understood by someone who has no knowledge of yes the the content that they're asking about actually does you a favor because it forces you to be really clear about your own knowledge your own thoughts 
and concisely translate that message to someone. And that is really helpful for you as well as yes for the, the naive perspective. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. And, and you know that um, one of my favourite metaphors, here we go again with another mm-hmm. metaphor, is the Hans Christian Andersen story of the Emperor's New Clothes. And the fact that it was the child in the crowd that spotted that the emperor was completely naked. (laughs) And the child in the crowd didn't know the rules or what they should be saying, where the rest of the crowd were going, ooh, ah, emperor, you look amazing. The kid in the crowd just said, well, you've actually, you're stark naked, you haven't got anything on. Um, So yes, that naive perspective is, uh, is just something to be valued. Um, my laptop is about to run out of battery. Oh, go and grab your charger. I need to, I need to plug in. <laughs> Bear with fine. me. All right. Okay, I'm back. Battery, battery pack plugged Fab. into laptop. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, so where this takes me as well, so thinking as well about the, the idea of knowledge creation in organisations mm-hmm. is if knowledge is to be shared and built on, and in that way, it adds rigor to, you know, decisions that we make in order to move the business forward. Yeah. Think then about knowledge that is shared out loud versus knowledge that is kept in people's heads. Yes. So, you know, back in the day when I was working in inside organizations, there would be a manual for this and a manual for that and a handbook. Okay operating practices and rules and regulations and all of that all of that know-how was written down in in books and manuals and, and these days books and manuals typically are replaced with online versions yes. or you know the, yeah. the stuff that you can look at on your laptop and nonaka takeuchi in they talk about explicit knowledge which is knowledge that is shared and available and people can pick pick it up and use it. Yeah. And then the idea of tacit knowledge, so the knowledge that people walk around with that isn't often shared Mm -hmm. and that you don't often know that people have got. Yes. um, Until it's too late sometimes, until they leave the organisation and take all of that knowledge with them. Yeah. Um, the, The idea, therefore, is trying to take something which is tacit, which is in somebody's mind, and turn it into something that is accessible to many. Which is quite a tricky thing yeah. to do. How, how do we how do, do that? How do you do that? <laughs> Where do you even start? Because um, in everyone there is, we've used the phrase a universe of you, you know, there are there are things within everyone that will bring um enrichment so where do you even start with trying to pull stuff out of people yeah well it's an interesting one isn't it so i know from our point of view in our business yeah we've got something called theory thursday we all love theory thursday (laughs) and theory thursday was um, was created to help people who are new to something. For example, with you yeah. becoming a, a, a TFP visualizer, 
is helping you to, at the time, to understand why we visualise, how we visualise yeah. and, and how we work with groups to support them. Yeah. And, and we know that our Theory Thursday has grown like topsy and now it's 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 becoming a symbol of our organization isn't yes. it where there's the team get together we look forward to seeing each other you know different different members of our team now lead theory thursday yeah. which is wonderful it's really, you know it's a really shared good. yeah so that's an example of where you know we are taking something for example group process theory yeah. which which I have as tacit knowledge and and make it accessible so that all of you can ask me questions about it. Yes. Similarly with Phoebe, with her work in, you know, creating our amaz- amazing visuals. Yes. Um, with Aslak, who's got such a, a lot of knowledge around culture, for example. Yes. Um, with Ellie and all of the work that we're doing around media and social engagement and so on. Um, and you know, really, really being able to tap in at our Theory Thursday anchor points to just bring all of that together. Yeah. And that's a very practical way of doing it. And it's it's making me think, Helen, about what you were saying about how knowledge is just is built on and it's not lost. And yeah. in all of those sessions, it never feels like someone has has given up anything or, you know, let let any anyone in on any... I don't know, trade secrets, you know. So, for example, um, Ellie talking us through all of the amazing work that she does for the social media. Yeah. All all of that brought so much more appreciation for what she does. Yes. Because we, as a team, can't be aware of the ins and outs of um, everyone else's job all the time unless we create space to better understand each other. And so nothing was lost if what what, but what was gained was a lot more support a lot more appreciation a lot more encouragement a lot more how can we help what what more can we be doing and that there only was growth from that nothing was sacrificed agreed and and the i it's lovely to hear you say this because um I mean, I, I just think that there is a, a, this comes back to a mindset of a belief in generosity, mm. a belief in giving to each other, a belief, like you say, that if I, if I give you my tacit knowledge, I'm not losing anything. No. I gain. Um, and it just makes me realize that <clears throat> to describe something that each of us hold the knowledge that we have in ourselves to be able to get that out of our heads through our words to describe it to other human beings so that they understand it actually has a um a benefit of helping us understand it more ourselves yeah and so the benefit is of growth yep all round for everyone involved yes yeah i have um Uh, a number of clients who really espouse and work with a growth mindset and a growth mindset you know thinking about how can we rather than why 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 can't we is the generosity of we can and 
and sharing <clears throat> and together we're better you know this idea of growth by giving yes and uh, generosity of spirit I think is is such a powerful thing and something that I think we as a business all share yeah and when we work with clients in the in a similar way you know we you and I and the rest of the team often talk about helping our clients to be independent from us by giving them access to what we know yeah. and how we work so that they can do do it without us. Yeah. And that builds even more trust over time because we don't lose anything. No. It means that a, another team is able to work well in their conversations with each other. Yeah. Um, and together in doing that way, we all grow. Yeah. Um, and that And that is a real mindset thing. So even if sometimes you're not quite sure or we are not quite sure how to make it happen. Yeah. To come back to, and if I was going to be generous about this, what what might I do? Yeah. I think is a fundamental way of operating. And I think it's very countercultural in especially in corporate settings. You know, when people enter the business world, they're told like, oh, it's dog eat dog, you know, <laughs> it's every man for themselves. And it really does breed um a scarcity mindset. So yeah. to to try and stand against that and think of that generosity that growth mindset how can I be giving to those around me and therefore receiving from those around me in a mm -hmm. mutual way rather than taking from um it is really against the norm but I think it that then would make you stand out as a business yes I agree couldn't agree more yeah so I don't think that we can leave people necessarily with practical tips for this yes. because I think it is such a um, a mindset shift that's needed um, that, again, comes from, needs to come from within and it needs to start with the individuals. But have you got a key takeaway for our listeners I do, and I think it comes back to our the the component parts of the things that are happening in meetings. So yeah. the collide the TFP kaleidoscope. So there are people in meetings talking about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the stuff being the content. The content that's brought to a meeting needs to be done so in a purposeful way. So there needs to be a reason why you're bringing it. Recognising that too much information will clog up the conversation. Too little leaves it a bit thin. But the right amount, the right angle on the, co on the content or the subject matter being, being brought to get the benefit from the brains in the room is the way to go. And to think that knowledge sharing plus knowledge sharing means something. Performing to a PowerPoint to demonstrate your knowledge, you know, you're, you're knowledgeable on something mm -hmm. is is interesting and might be quite impressive, but doesn't actually do a great deal for you, for the team, for the business. So treat knowledge as a, a real rich commodity that if it's shared well and engaged with well can really make everything grow. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at TFP underscore meetings. 
or you can head over to our website, thefacilitationpartnership.com. 